It's time for Later This Week with Coco and Fran. Hey, Coco, why is it called Later This Week if the show comes on Mondays? I don't know. (laughs) Hello. We both wanted to say hello at the same time. We had a moment. We had a moment of silence. <laughs> Can I just tell you how valuable these episodes are? Of course they are. No, I, I was just making sure you knew because I'm getting all this reinforcement from people who listen and who are like, "I can't wait till next week. I can't wait till blah blah blah." Oh my god, I love that! And every time we go to record now, I always think to myself, like, think about all the people that are waiting for this on Monday. I'm waiting for it on Monday. (laughs) Listen, I can't stop. I listen to our show. I told you. I don't know what that sounds like to people listening, but I listen to it. I I do too, actually. Like, aside from editing it, obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, I will go back and and listen to the finished product. Right. You know, because I'm a narcissist. (laughs) And I'll and I and I'll listen and I'll go. That bitch is crazy. But I'm referring to myself. (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um so what's going on because i can tell the trees are shaking okay <laughs> it was just a, an observation so before we continue actually we're going to be doing a long overdue coco's pet peeves okay let's take a little let's take a little moment and breathe there because you know what needs to happen Yeah, we're listening, boy. We know what you need, and it's, and you guessed it, Coco's Pet Peeves! So, I was on break today, and I was sitting in the staff room. Now, because of COVID, they've eliminated the big table that we usually have and only two people can be in the break room at any given time. So it's very quiet. You know, everyone kind of keeps to themselves. Everyone, the two people keep to themselves. I was on break and one of the assistant managers was on break. All of this is really not necessary information, but it's, I figured I'd, you know, lay the ground. <laughs> people want to know where we're at. We want to know where, where we're at. You want to, I want to set the scene. Uh-huh, anyway, gotcha. so I was sitting and across from me was the assistant manager. Have a runny nose. <laughs> and then all you hear is their, their snorting of their nose. My pet peeve oh. is when people, it's just mm-hmm. like my nose is dry. So it really doesn't. But, but you know itself. what? If you want to fake, if you want to fake a sniffle, you just use your mouth instead where you go. It, exactly. And it's like, who does that? Well, I can remember one time going to the gym and I heard this guy like blowing his nose aggressively, like with pure violence, like, and he was in the bathroom. I went into the bathroom and he was in one of the stalls, but he had his back, like, you know, he was in the stall. You can see him like he he was facing the toilet, but the door was open. So -hmm. when I walked by, all I heard was this violent nonstop. Why don't you get a fucking tissue and blow your nose? I have a question. 
Uh-oh. I know I'm interrupting you in a pet peeve. That's but, pretty much it, but go ahead. But, I mean, <laughs> for people who listen, you work in a pharmacy. I'm sure there's plenty of boxes of Kleenex. <laughs> we can even, you, you can go and store use a box of tissues and you don't even have to pay for it. It could be for the office. It could be for whatever department. Like, just go and get some tissue Gross. and blow your nose. You are a grown-ass person. Like, nose blowing. And then realized he had no Kleenex. He was just trying to shoot uh-huh. it into the toilet. That's so disgusting. Men are gross. I don't, know, I don't gross. know why. I don't know why people have sex with men. I really I don't. I don't have no idea either. I, I, I don't get it. Like, I mean, I want to get a Wonder Woman mask and put it on a guy. <laughs> right? <laughs> I I always have one of those little travel size things of tissue in every jacket that I own. Of course. Or, or in my bag. Like I Because you were raised right. It. Right? And Blow also your nose. And also here's the thing, right? When I see people in the supermarket who are like coughing but they don't cover their mouth because their mask is on. And they're just like, literally I watched an entire group of people just scatter one time. Yeah. I I don't know if it happened yet today or yesterday, but there was an an older gentleman who he wasn't even wearing like a legit mask. It was one of those like neck scarf things that you Mm -hmm. just, that's probably like Jersey cotton that so, so porous, like it's not protecting anything. And he, I heard him in an aisle just hacking up a lung. And you know he didn't, you know, no. pop in his elbow or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And, and now and now everyone has meningitis and COVID. Right? I had to spray everything down there. Like, he walked by me, I held my breath, and then I had I a can that. of Lysol. Yes! I do that. I, I hold my breath. And then I walk away, try to get, like better air before you take a breath in like it was awful these people are disgusting i'm telling and they you. walk among us yeah and when you think about a pharmacy the first thing i think of is where do people go to buy their medication when they're sick a pharmacy mm. and i'm always thinking like people coming in like just nasty people who don't wash their hands coming in nasty like just they're gross staph infection just all kinds of oof, disgusting pus but but you know Considering all of that, and we're already just over a year into this, I, I'm surprised I haven't gotten sick. I mean, actually, no, I'm not surprised. We wear, we're wearing our masks. We're sanitizing everything. You're constantly spraying, washing mm-hmm. hands, sanitizing. Like, but it's still, it's just, it, it. people are gross and they don't give a shit. True. True fact. <laughs> True fact. Um, and that's why I'm having another cocktail tonight. Our, our, our Asbury beret. <laughs> She's like, I'm having a, I'm a number two for the night. But look, really? Oh yeah. I mean, I had early dinner. I went to the gym. I had, I did everything. I did. This is like. What are you drinking? I am drinking a version of our Asbury beret, but it doesn't have any raspberries in it. I'm actually mm. just doing the same type of thing. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's kind of got, it's got grapefruit, and it's just a tonic. You know. Nice. Nice. But, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I had an interesting field assignment. Yes, you were, me. you were on, you were on, um, out in the fields. I was, I was, 
I was out in the Italian fields. Hey, hey, oh, hey, 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 and, Di Salvatore. And we fondly know her as Marsha Cincinnati because she's originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. And she just, you know, we talk all about in this episode fearlessness and taking chances and taking the jump. And in 1998, she took a jump. And I, what I thought was amazing, and you'll hear in the interview I had with her, is that she left at a time where we don't have the technology we have now. Mm. So she went to another country, moved there, had no access to her family on Skype or zoom like we do now. Mm -hmm. And her mother was opposed to it. And it's, wow. it's pretty amazing that she has really made a name for herself and she doesn't talk about herself as highly as she should because when I went to Italy, probably about five years ago, and I ended up looking into comedy, everything that I ever Googled, she came up. And that's how I found her. I originally, wow. that's how we became like these far friends. And she's just such a, she's such a sweet person. Like when you hear the interview, you'll really get how genuine she is and how supportive she is of our show because she listens. That's awesome. You know, and that's what's weird about Italy not being on our map. Yeah, I don't get it. So maybe we, maybe we've maxed out at the number of countries that can, yeah. which doesn't make any sense. But but anyway. but like the the fake countries are up there. The fake countries. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Say say Aubergine is up there. <laughs> like, oh, that's not goodness. a country. Stop. Open up a map. <sighs> Shit, is that what you say to him when you guys were together? Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so um, I think you uh, can tell everybody a little bit about Marsha, right? Yes, yes. So Marsha De Salvatore is originally from Ohio, like you said. She came to Italy in 2000 to find herself, and she began teaching English to pay off her debt from a fashion degree, which is something that I'd love to, like, ask her about. I don't know if, uh, well, I won't be able to, because, but, like, would love to hear about that if she even does anything remotely in the fashion sense at all she doesn't at the moment she at the moment know. no she's totally she's you know she's teaching and she's gotten full-on in comedy but the whole point of our conversation was fashion was the thing that kind of attracted her to get out there but it ultimately yeah. wasn't the thing that kept her interesting so during this time she discovered acting she has sin since worked on stage in both english and italian productions Marsha is the creator of a stand-up comedy group called Rome's Comedy Club, which is now in its eighth season. She's a comedy therapy speaker, which uses improv to help heal in everyday life. She's currently traveling with her one-woman shows, DM55 and Marsha's So-Called Life. Mm. And you can keep up with her on her website, uh, www.marshadesalvatore.com. Yeah. Yeah. So when we come back, I guess we'll we'll have Marsha. We will be listening to Marsha. Ciao, Italia. Ciao.
Hi, everybody. It's Daria Jones, owner, operator, and formulator of Gracefully Yours. Gracefully Yours is an all-natural product that caters to your beard, body, and soul. Every product is carefully formulated and handcrafted with pure love, joy, and good intentions for the goodness of your grooming routine. Head on over to our Instagram at GracefullyYoursDJ or our website, DariaJonesWorld.com. Try our beard and body products made with nature's nutrients, no chemicals or extra additives. Use code FRANCESCO10 for 10% off. Oh, and don't forget, this product and company is run on Black Girl Magic. Marsha. Marsha. Hi. How are you? How are you? I'm so glad you're on the show. I know. I'm so glad. I haven't seen you since, oh my God, ages. Remember yeah. when you came to Rome when we were allowed to travel and touch each other? <laughs> Touching each other is important. Uh, it is. I know. So can and I just, just, I want I yeah. to just, I want to say this on the air. I know I've said this to you in messages, but your videos your like quarantine videos, literally, I, you, I can't be the only one who has said you've gotten people through some rough moments. I know I did. I have to say that's why I, I did them for people would get mad. They'd be like, where's the video of the day? I need yeah. it. And, I'm like, and I love oh and I God. loved when you would do a video and you would do one in English and then like there'd be an Italian one like shortly following. <laughs> so so you know what? Let's jump right into it. Let me not take too much of your day because right now you're in Italy and it's what? It's late at night. No, it's, it's seven o'clock. No, you're. It's a good time. Okay, no, it's great. Totally fine. Great. We're American, so seven o'clock is like time to go. To bed. I know. Yeah. I know. I yeah. know. It sucks. Oh, yeah, I know. It no, sucks. we eat dinner at eight. It's fine. It's beautiful. Fine. Beautiful. So. I wanted to have you on the show because we talk a lot about change and being fearless and those kinds of things. Yeah. And I wanted to know just briefly, I mean, obviously people are going to know your, your bio because we're going to read it to them, but what is your origin story? Like what got yeah. you to Italy? I mean, you're from Ohio. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. Both my parents are from the South of Italy called Calabria. And we traveled all the time back and forth to visit family. And I, you know, I always loved it, but never thought that I would live uh, in Italy. But um, when I finished my fashion degree, I worked a few years in the fashion industry. I was a visual merchandiser and, I just wasn't really happy with being in Cincinnati and working like in the corporate world. And so I thought, oh, you know, I am Italian. So why don't I go to Italy and improve my Italian and travel around Europe? And so I did. And it's amazing that now looking back, how crazy I was. Because yeah. You were a visual merchandiser. You left yeah. to go to Italy and find yourself. What year was that? That was 1998. Wow. Yeah. So Yikes. 20, I know. But I mean, would you have done that now? Like, say you were <sighs> living in America still now, like you hadn't gone to Italy, none of that happened. Would you have done that now at your age? You know what? No, I'm not fearless anymore like that. Now I'm like, I have to say the anxiety and stuff. 
of doing such spontaneous things like that. I don't know if I could do that, honestly. I mean, having said that, I do do stand-up, which is a form of (laughs) madness. Let me tell you about my soul on a a stage. But, you know, I think when I was young, you know, I I just didn't think I did uh, for many years. And I think now that you're older, first of all, you don't have the same energy. I mean, I don't have the same energy to, like, um, you know, to do a lot of stuff, you know. And you have a different lifestyle. But... Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, I think that mentally it would be much more challenging to do something like that. You know, I Mm -hmm. I don't know. And it was so difficult looking back, even though it wasn't when I was doing it. I just did it. I didn't think about it. Um, But now looking back, going, how did I even know where to go or use a payphone? Like I had to find change, like all these things. And how was your, and how was, because I know you speak, you're bilingual, but were you always as bilingual as you are now? Not, no, I was, I spoke very, I could get by very well, but I spoke dialect, a Southern dialect. And so, um, just so I could study Italian, but it was, you know, I would could totally have converse, basic conversations. So I was lucky much more than other people who came and were literally at like zero level. So no, I did have a good base, but I got better, of course, 20 years later. Um, and I also perform in Italian. I have a partner who is Italian. So that just spikes your, you know, fluency even more. Yeah. Yeah. So fashion, fashion inspired you you think um yeah i mean to come to italy kind of a a mix of like yes fashion art living in europe cincinnati's hardcore it's very midwest it's very all white suburban franchise it was it was just a little bit uh, it was just not my seat. I could feel it. Even when I was growing up, I was like, I don't belong here. I'm too loud and crazy. And so I was just looking for my voice. And I thought my voice was through fashion. Um, but then year- years later, I discovered it was not. It was it was comedy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, how did that how did that stumble? How did you stumble into that? Well, to make a living, I have to teach English as a second language. And I had an actor in my class and he was like, oh, my God, why are you not on stage? I said, oh, I know. I've always been curious. So I started doing some act- Italian and like anytime I had to do something dramatic, they would just pee their pants. They're like, oh, you're so funny. And so I was like, maybe I should go like a comedy route. And so I started doing some, there was luckily a little English improv group and I started doing that, but I even thought, "Mm, that's still not me. And then somebody said, you should, you know, your, your stories are hilarious. Like I naturally tell a story before ever studying stand-up, like how to build a story and, and, you know, and so I was naturally kind of did that. And so they said, you should do stand-up. And I said, well, how would you do that in English in Rome? And they were like, well, create it. And so I did. So for 11 years, I started, uh, which is now, of course, on hold, but Rome's Comedy Club, which is a stand-up show for English speakers. Well, they're not all, they're Italians, too, that speak English. So uh, I started doing stand-up, and then it just went crazy. I have two one-woman shows. I I work in Italian. Um, and 
Yeah, that's and that's I, and I feel hard. like you. What's interesting is that it's kind of like the reverse. It's almost like your parents stayed in America, and yes. you were in Italy, and it's it was weird because it was like a lot of us, like us, us Italian Americans, we have the reverse. We have parents who just at some point in our teens or twenties decide they want to go back. Yeah, and we end up kind of being here on our own. And with you was the reverse. Now, did the parents freak out that you were doing this? Yeah, I mean, my dad didn't because my dad like in the 90s bought a house with this big idea to retire. But my mom was never into that idea. But so he was happy when I was like, you know what? I Before you guys retire, I kind of want to see what Italy's all about. And my mom, of course, was like, why are you leaving me? You're destroying the family. And so that was, I mean, every time I got on the plane to go back to Italy, she was just heartbroken and devastated. But now they're back. They moved back three years ago because eventually uh, I moved. I didn't come back. And my brothers moved. My one brother's in D.C. and the other one's in Minneapolis. And they said, what the heck are we doing in Cincinnati? We might as well be in Italy and living our best life. And so now they're actually they're visiting me right now. They came up. Uh, from Calabria. And, oh, great. Uh, yeah, so it's great. So three years ago, they did come back. So I do have have them in the same country, which is very nice. So so what do you think, looking back on, I know you said you were pretty fearless, um, but what was like probably the biggest fear you had or have now? Uh, right now is of myself. I don't, the pandemic has really hurt me mentally. I'm so confused on who I am because it's, it's a long period of time. Like the first three months it was okay, but now we're talking, we're going on a year. I, the last time I did a show was February last year. It's a long time to not be doing your craft. You know what I mean? That's it's a lot. So my fear right now is just kind of of myself. I feel just kind of say, I, that I won't be able to do that anymore. It's like, you know, not going to the gym. You know, I even feel like even my body has changed because of this yeah. pandemic. I mean, I exercise, but it's not the same like when you go to the gym. Yeah. And so you need to start, you got to train again. And I feel like with stand up, you know, I was like in my prime every month, a show traveling with my one woman show. And now it's just, now it's I that's what my fear is right now is is will I ever get back to that like I know I don't know I'm just I'm just scared it's just such a weird future and I did do a little mini show for uh, American University here and it was like only 10 people you had to wear a shield and so I'm afraid of that that's what I'm afraid what is the future for yeah yeah. Are you, are you writing or preparing? Or are you doing anything? I'm not, you know, I'm such a, oh, I get so upset with myself. I'm such an all or nothing and deadline girl. And so it's like, when I'm in it, I am in it. I'm like, I am, you know, I'm writing all the time. I'm doing stuff. And then when I'm not, I just am like dead weight. And this is an aspect of my life that I, you know, is, is challenging, but I've always been like that. Like, yeah, I have started to write some stuff. I started to write my uh, third one woman show and I did, I, I pulled out, like I did, I did write it, let's say, and, but it's just sitting there. Cause Frank, Frank what, what are we going to, what are my, when am I going to do this? 
You know, if I don't yeah. have a deadline, yeah. it's just kind of hard to work on stuff. And then if you're not testing it with an audience, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, absolutely. And you know what? I think a lot of us have found other means. Like for me, it's been a lot of writing. I've been doing, um, I, I, so do a lot of I do a lot of public speaking too. So a lot of that got shut down, but I'm actually going to be speaking in DC in June. So I get Are you going to be there in June? Re really? When? Uh, the 12th. Oh my God, I'm, I'm going to be missing you by like I, four days. Yeah, I'm um, I'm going to be there the 11th and 12th. I am I'm speaking for Mental Health America. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but but no, I mean, going back to what we do while we're in these these times, like I think as creative people, we have to find ways. Like I'm totally opposed to comedy online. Like I tried that. Like somebody asked me to do a show and I'm like, what? You have to mute everyone in the audience? No, I'm no. not doing Oh, no, I'm not doing that because honestly, when people are on Zoom calls, what are they doing? They're sitting there eating a bag of chips. There's a dog barking. So they make people mute. But when you mute people, you also lose the laughter. So I wasn't going to do that. I'm like, you know, that you know, the feeling of that live show. I mean, come on. So let me ask you this. And I mean, this is kind of a general thing, but based on your experience with people in your life. Why do people struggle with change and transformation? What do you think that is? What have you observed? Um, people are afraid to change because they don't want to leave their comfort zone. It's all the word comfort zone is everything. And that's one thing that comedy, that's why I was so, so into comedy and believe in like, and believe in everything about it from improv to stand up because you have to do what we do. You have to step out of a comfort zone. And that applies to everything in life. You know, it's not easy to move. It's not easy to change jobs. It's not, you know, easy to get out there and date after you've been in a relationship. And because and you just kind of feel safe uh, having your routine, having the same thing. You know, I mean, I see it with my partner. Um, he's someone that is someone that struggles with like anxiety. Um, and he's afraid, like he has like routines that keeps him sort of grounded. And I see that in him and it's, it's just so hard for him because he's, if he, you take him out of that, like routine or comfort, it's like their whole world. It's like their people's worlds turn upside down. Yeah. And, and I get that. I get that. But I, I do always, even though, I'm not as fearless as when I was young. I am someone that was like, well, I would rather step out of my comfort zone and know what it's like than to not know and have regret. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not like that for everyone. And, no. and that's why I was like, you have to do improv. <laughs> you yeah. have to do improv. Yeah. And I'm constantly suggesting it to people. But also, you know, the other observation just for me going to Italy, obviously not spending as much time as you have, but mm -hmm. going there every summer as a kid. Like, mm -hmm. just remember, as I got mm -hmm. older and older, the thing mm -hmm. you pick up on is you can go to, like, the most major city in Italy. And if you took those people out of that city who think they're city people mm -hmm. and put them in New York City, they mm -hmm. would lose their minds. Oh, because yeah. the intensity and that's and that's also the reverse that's hard is like I've had cousins in Italy who are like, we're going to move to America. And I'm like, listen, the reverse works. But you yeah. guys come to America is not you're in a little small town in southern yes. Italy. It's not easy. Like even the suburbs of New Jersey are not easy to live in. No. Like, you know, so it's a whole different thing. So, you know, 
does did he ever move around? Is he has he always been in the same place? No, I have to say, when it comes to certain things, he does do what he needs to do. He's a musician, so there's a lot, you know, when yeah. he's gotta go, he's gotta go. But in his daily routine, I think it's you know, it's hard for him. It's that comfort. But no, he has moved in other cities, so he's not completely, but own terms, which is fine. But I do know other people. Like I know a lot of people that are, you know, they are happy. And sometimes I think that about myself. I'm like, I wonder what made me who I am to be fearless. Because I know a lot of people that are happy living in the same city they were born in, the same neighborhood next to their parents. You know, like like you said, yeah. like in Italy. But I know a lot of people in America that are like that too. Yeah, yeah. Um. And so, you know, they're afraid to step out for whatever reason, because it is, it is comfortable, the comfort yeah. zone. Well, they say, the, like they, they say the commonality uh, that all successful people have is that the one thing that they all share is that every single week, if not every single day, they do one thing that gets them out of their comfort zone. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I just feel like most people are not wired that way. And I think we live in a world mm -hmm. of fear too. I think fear <gasps> is something that, yeah, you know, aside from the Awful. pandemic, I mean, look at people's behavior during the pandemic. There were either oh. people who just totally violated every law and every rule, mm -hmm. but then there were also people who hid under their mattress and never came out. I know. I know it's really bad. Now I think, getting out of a comfort zone is a whole like we can't even talk about that because the effects after the pandemic goes is going to be very hard there's going to be a lot of trauma which is another mm -hmm. reason why people don't want to leave their comfort zone because it's scary and maybe they've been traumatized where they're like you know i actually went up and talked to someone and they were mean to me and i'm never going to do that again Oh, there you go. So yeah. imagine like the pandemic, you're afraid. Yeah. I even get weirded out and I love touching people. I'm so affectionate. And now when people get too close, I'm like, oh God, oh, you know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. that's awful. So No, like, I know. And it, it's ingrained in us. Like we, we're just a culture of we have no personal space. Like nobody has oh, personal space. We're just, no. we're in people's faces. You're eating something. Let me eat it with you. Yeah. Um, everything just so no. So what would you tell somebody who is fearful of doing something they really want to do, but there's this like, just, they don't know why they don't know why. What would you say to them? Well, I think it's like baby steps. I think it's like, okay, so my boy, let's use my boyfriend as an example. He's afraid to fly. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's right. huge. And so you can't push someone because then you're going to have, I think, no one should be pushed too hard. It should be baby steps. It should be like when they are ready and, and everybody's different. But I think the beginning is to understand why don't you want to do that, right? Whether it's talking to somebody new in a bar, approaching someone, what are you afraid of, right? And a lot of times it's like rejection or not being able to follow through or being let down or being disappointed. So I think, I think the first thing is to find out why you don't want to get out of your comfort zone and then to sort of navigate um to you know what the most i remember i can't if it's uh brene brown who i mm -hmm. I, I adore yep absolutely she said and it's so true she's like we have got to learn to sit in it yeah if you're anxious you have to learn to sit in it feel it Yep. You know, it's okay to feel those things. And a lot of people don't, they shove it down. They're like afraid 
And that's what the fear wins, but it's okay to feel the fear, sit in it. And maybe that will help it accept it. And that might, you know, help you to encourage you to just do baby steps to doing what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I I think one of the things that I always share with people is I say, I imagine you want to do something in life. You walk into this, like, Mm -hmm. if you can visualize this amazing hotel Mm -hmm. lobby. And instead of walking to the concierge to see what you should be doing, you walk to the fear desk. The fear yes. desk. We go to the fear desk for why shouldn't yeah. we do this? Because you know our parents are the worst for that. Like I tell people all the time, <gasps> parents are constantly anti-risk, one hundred percent insurance. You've got to have insurance. You've got to yes. have insurance. And and living in America, it's even worse for young people because every single thing they it's love to do, fake. you mm-hmm. hear you hear the quote mm-hmm. from the parents backup mm-hmm. plan what's mm-hmm. your backup plan and it's like if you keep thinking about a backup plan it's hard enough to come up with the plan but now yeah. you have to come up with a backup plan oh my god yeah it's horrible. but especially the italians because italians by nature are as much as they're free love and happy pappy they're also very negative like you're like oh i want to start my own <laughs> business no you can't do that in you Italian. Know, I, Come on, give it to us in Italian. Come on. Oh my God. Like my mom. I'm like, mom, I'm going to London. No, no puoi andare a Londra. È pericolosa. Ci sono i terroristi. Mangiano male. Like, <laughs> like, okay. Wow. That's, she's just so negative. Or like, it's you know, true. You, you tell Italian, you're like, oh, you know, I want to go back to school. <gasps> Ma che tanto non c'è lavoro? Perché studi una perdita di tempo? Like, yep. okay, well, yep. thanks for that. Yep, yep, so it's true. They- it's 100% true. Yep. It's like, that's why I was so fascinated with your journey because you left Cincinnati, you left the comforts of home. It was yeah. 1998 where people didn't have the technology or the cell phones like we do now where you know where yes. everyone is at every six, single second. And your your parents must have, it must have been a challenge to get out the door to do that. No? Yes. No. Oh my God. It was awful because my mom was like not into it. And, you know, nobody I knew had moved to Europe, you know, everybody kind of either moved somewhere in the States. So I was like this pioneer, you know? Um, So I didn't even have anyone to like talk to, to be like, you know, how was your experience or tell me some tips. It was just me doing it, my group of friends. So, you know, I think it was double hard when you're like the only person doing something so bold. Well, I I think you need to give yourself, and I'm glad we had this conversation today because I think this will actually give you some, maybe some retrospection on your life and think about, where you went and God, yeah, you were, you were brave. You were brave. Like, because there's so many people who are not doing what you're doing. There are so, that's why I just think your journey is so amazing. And I think when you tell people your story, it's, fantastic and how can people find you if people want to know more about you yeah so i have facebook i'm marcia you can find me marcia de salvatore i have a a profile i have a page for my comedy stuff and then i have uh instagram marcia comedy i have youtube if you just put my name marcia de salvatore rome's comedy club i come up all over the place and uh I yeah. Yeah, but we're glad you came on the show and I'm definitely going to have you on again. I oh, I, know I love it. I love millions... what you do. Well, I'm thank so you. happy that this exists and you're so funny and thank amazing you. and I thank just you. wish that we could see each other. 
We will. And, you, and your daughter's gorgeous. Thank you. Way. Thank <laughs> you. And, and so are you. So oh, are you. Oh, you're so All sweet. All right, honey, have a great day. And, Thank and, you, my and ciao. sweet. All right, ciao. Buongiorno. We are back. We are back. Yes. So... What else do we got today? I mean, you know, fearlessness has been something that we have spoken about. Mm-hmm. We've talked about fear. Um, I recently went over to our spinoff show. I fondly like to call it the spinoff show. <laughs> yes! one, one, one that you've also been on. Um, She's part of the family. Part of the family. Slay the cu- clutter. Slay. Yeah. I couldn't even say it now. I'm like, slay the, <laughs> slay the cutter. Slay the cutter. <laughs> slay the clutter. Lay it. Yeah, with Akila. And you know she's our ask Akila. Um, yes. So she's actually delivering some questions we had come to her. I'm glad because people I listening. think people people need to need another dose of Akila. <laughs> people in COVID, man, they need help. Yes, they do. We all do. So yes, so we've been talking about fear and change and how people take leaps and are we going to sorry are we going to be talking (laughs) i'm like really you were suddenly like you know we all have to tell you we're actually having cocktails during this episode so we're having cocktails and i took some advil because my back is busted so you know there might be some incoherent words and phrases Mm -hmm. but that's okay that's okay it's It's, all good it's like i'm doing this show with courtney love today it's great. Hi, Courtney. Uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, we are going to be joined by another guest today. And this one is not going to be an assignment guest. This is actually being a guest that you and I can talk to together. I know. It's been a while since we've worked together. <laughs> I mean, listen, I think what happens, and we should just explain to people, there's a lot of us doing interviews one-on-one with people or one-on-two and the reason why we do that is i always would prefer that we interview people together but Mm -hmm. it's a timing issue yeah and if especially when you're dealing especially when you're dealing with people from in completely different time zones or continents (laughs) yeah exactly so i feel like we're trying to get the show produced and you know this is one thing that Akila and I talked about off the air the mm-hmm. amazingness of the fact that we're nearing on a year of doing the show and committing mm-hmm. to having one episode up every single week and I'm going to tell you right now I can think of at least 10 people I know yes 10 that would go completely berserk if a new episode did not pop up on a Monday. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it, it, it feels um, sometimes there's this element of stress and overwhelming, you know, because we've we've committed to this. You mm-hmm. know, this isn't like, yeah, we're not making like a living off of this, but we you're not. We've... I am. <laughs> <laughs> All of those back alley hand jobs. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I'm like later this week, later this week, later this week. <laughs> but it's but it's we've we've committed to to do this and we've committed to each other to 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 do this. 
and we hold each other accountable. And, you know, it's also like we don't want to disappoint each other or our fans. Yeah. Or ourselves. Or ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. You know, because for me, it's definitely I look at it like this. If this was a miserable experience, I wouldn't be doing it. No, and, exactly. and if you and, love and if you love to do something, you have to ask yourself why you're not doing it. That's yeah. ridiculous, you know. No, exactly. And I think, you know, for us at least, for everybody out there who wants to approach something and you know, we are on the topic of fear and taking chances. If there's something that you want to do, I promise you it's hard in the beginning. Yeah. Like this show was hard in the beginning. It was mm-hmm. very hard like in the beginning um because it was we we had no idea what the fuck we were doing no we just no. knew we wanted to do it and that's exactly how you have to approach everything in life cuz i think there's this idea about us building self confidence by sitting there and thinking about it and it's like you build the confidence by just doing it yeah you know cuz what i think about is what's the worst thing that could happen you know we put up a crappy show we've had some crappy ones <laughs> really can you tell me which ones those were <laughs> I mean, I know there's people listening who have told me, literally have told me that they have power listened through our show (laughs) over the course of like several weeks. They've just been like gym, transportation, like whatever it is. Like several people have said that to me. Like I had one person I talked to the other night who's a friend of mine. And she literally said that we were one of four podcasts that she listened to during the pandemic. And she said, you guys literally got me through it because I heard you two talking and your Mm -hmm. conversation made me feel like I was a part of it. Like people, that's nice to hear. Yeah. That people were talking to me, Mm. you know, and I thought that was fantastic, especially for people who were afraid. Yeah. You know, because here they were like, oh, I'm afraid. And they're listening to us and they're like, well, they don't sound afraid because, you know, we're fearless. Right now. Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. I'm not even wearing underwear for this show. Neither am I. You shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't. You I know, shouldn't. I mean, we've gotten plenty of letters from listeners who say that you should not wear underwear. And I'm listening. <laughs> I lo- I also love the fact that your reputation on this show is great. <laughs> I wonder whose fault that is. <laughs> Meanwhile, one of the most recent posts that I put on Instagram, actually talking about cocktails, which was really funny because it, it was, if you haven't seen it, it's this little video of this guy giving a basic description of who, who, who drinks these these particular cocktails and when it came to the gin and tonic which is our signature our drink, drink yeah, yeah apparently it's you you it, you're horny if you drink gin and tonic there you go there you go you know what i want it to be in that video the only one i would have added is the long island iced tea oh shit because it would have been like you're a busted white girl <laughs> like like I, I was offended by the whole rum and coke being like, when did we be, when, when were we in a casino or something like that? <laughs> Which I laughed. I laughed at that video. And I have to tell you, I have watched it several times. Me too. Several times. But you know what's great about that? Let me tell you what's great. And I'm going to talk fast because I know our guest is going to be invited soon. Yes. So 
I was talking the other night to a friend, and I don't always like to say people's names because they may not want to be part of the show. They posted this amazing video of she was at her parents' house. They were having this anniversary party, and they were playing a prank on the people having the anniversary. So what they did was they went out and got this sponge foam, and they cut it in a circle, and they iced it. So okay. they, they brought it out to the people with a candle on it, and they wanted them to cut it. And I know this is not doesn't sound as funny as it really is, but when I watched the video of the people trying to cut the cake and trying to figure out how to cut it, and it was just this really dense foam that you buy at like Home Depot that was yeah. covered in icing. And these people thought they were cutting a real cake. And oh you God. just hear the room of people just screaming, laughing. And I was trying to think to myself, like, who would I do that to? I don't have many friends I could do that with. Yeah. Like, you so, would be fun to do that with. But I don't think a lot of people would find the humor in that. I would be disappointed if that wasn't a real cake. I'd have another cake for you. Like, there would be anger. I would have a real cake for you waiting because I know how you are. And also I'd have you like maybe four or five bags of those Costco sized Dorito bags. Like just to be sure. I don't need that much. Sure. Trust me. Sure. (laughs) I may want them. All right. As long as you, you take some. So tell us who our next guest is. Our next guest is Franks. So he spells his name F-R-A-N-X-X. They spell their name that way. Sorry, they. My apologies. Their name is Franks, and they are a post-gender, non-binary pop musician and performer, producer, songwriter, designer, curator, and innovator. Franks is based out of New York City and Washington, D.C. They are heavily influenced by their first-generation Latinx background and a desire to create community surrounding the revolution of higher consciousness. So that is quite a bio. That's magical. That is (laughs) magical. Very magical. So they will be joining us momentarily. Hello. (laughs) Franks. Hi. Hi, thank you for joining us at Later This Week. This is Coco. Hi, Coco. Thanks for having me. Um, hey, and, and I'm Fran. How are you, Franks? I've been waiting for this moment all week. Oh, same. I actually was just sitting by my computer and I was like, I was like keeping myself quote unquote busy, but I was like <laughs> just moving the same file back and forth in the Photoshop file. And I was like, it's too close to six. I shouldn't start anything. Uh, I've been really excited. I, Thank you for having me. Uh, well, listen, I've, I've, we've both been discussing having guests on to talk about fearlessness mm-hmm. and our journeys and where they take us. And I, and I'm told that you're quite a, a risk taker and you've had, you know, emotional, creative transformations in your life. And we just thought we wanted to know really what your origin story is. Wow. Um, well, first of all, I, that's, that's a big, um, a big intro. I'm really happy with whoever told you all of that. Um, <laughs> but I guess, well, I guess I should start and say um, my origin story is very, I think, common amongst all of us. You know, I'm from the suburbs of Northern Virginia. Uh, my parents are both Im- immigrants from El Salvador. And 
I was born and raised in the suburbs, like, you know, just very regular life, small town, very small high school. Um, and then I think it was like something about the small high school and something about growing up in a family of all boys and something about like being called to want to do more and like being super highly ambitious has just kind of pushed me to always kind of figure out what my purpose was um, and sort of just kind of figure it out, you know? Um, I know that sounds so simple. That's kind of simple, but I mean, in the sense of like, like, you know, like breaking everything apart, building myself back up again and doing that like over and over and over and over and over again until I'm like, oh, this is who I am. Cool. Mm, mm. Mm -hmm. But, but do you think that comes from a place of being driven? Um, I think it's a mixture of being driven, but also uh, not wanting to be boxed in, I think is, mm. is like what the main driving force behind the whole thing has really been. Is like, even when someone, like, even if I have a moment where someone's like, oh, you're a musician. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> and they're like, oh, but you're an artist. And I'm like, not that either. You know, I just, I think I've I, always kind of rejected labels for some reason. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people want to put labels on others because it's easy, because it's, it's simple and they don't want to actually take the time to get to know the person and, and, and realize that they're multifaceted, you know, you can't mm -hmm. put someone in, you, you can't put someone in a box or just give them one label because that, that, that's ridiculous. I, I think we have many things to offer and, and to have just one label doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's like the wonderful and gracious Miss Ani DeFranco once said, we're yes. 32 mm -hmm. flavors and then some. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, what would you say to someone who says calling yourself they is still a label? Like, do you prefer they as a well, pronoun? Um, I actually appreciate you bringing that up because I think they is the closest pronoun. Um, it's sort of, okay, I'll say it to you this way. It's like in certain conversations, I choose they because it's like, okay, if I have to have a pronoun, let me have the most like ambiguous one. Mm -hmm. um, but truth be told to even like, I always, I've preferred, I think in the past when people ask my pronoun, I'm like, just call me Franks, like call me Frankie. You know, I'm like, you don't have to refer to me by any gender. Um, Cause even gender itself is so, it's so limiting. And I think mm -hmm. that that's why I've even chosen chosen that's why i've allowed myself to evolve really into something that was more gender fluid and like non-binary because i was like oh you know there's no the there's i don't have home on either side of this boundary you know so i'm just mm -hmm. gonna pretend like it doesn't exist <laughs> well well you know we were before you came on the air we were mm -hmm. basically sharing your bio and oh. you know as i know what a lot of latinx people latinos latinas mm -hmm. um there is a bit of a controversy with the latinx right like there are there, there are there are some there are some people who have issue with that like what what are your thoughts on that i think it's about taking steps 
you know, I think if we look at like the whole overarching story, you know, the Spanish language and Latin languages are all gendered. French, Spanish, Portuguese, Italian. Like they yeah. all have some gender to certain words. Like I don't know why a chair is female, but it is yeah. or whatever. Um, but I think in in terms of like steps to how we get to a place of like equality, I think a term like Latinx helps um, bring open the conversation and like bridge like at least with me and my family even, um, talking about Latinx and like bringing it to them and saying, hey, like, I think, you know, this is a new term and this is where it's coming up. Um, it's just helped open the conversation. Right, you know? right. And they- well, well, I love, I love the fact that you mentioned family. <clears throat> what is, you know, because I would imagine, I think you mentioned growing up with a bunch of brothers, mm-hmm. um, growing up in a traditional uh you know latino family uh what mm-hmm. what are they how are they accepting who you are today what what does that look like um well i think i'm very lucky in that my family um i think i'll say it another way in the healing process i think i spent so much time focusing on what i wasn't getting from my family and through the healing process i've come to realize and I've taught, and in having conversations with like, you know, all 700 of my cousins, I've come to realize that. Wow. I'm like, oh, <laughs> are you sure you're not Italian? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. But it's, it's the funny thing where they always, they always said to me, they're like, Frankie, we've always known you. They're like, we've always known yeah. who you were. Like, you're kind of the last person to figure it out. And I'm like, wow. And I was like, oh, like, it, it's kind of, it's a very unique experience in that. Mm. Um, I think they, they see me in like, you know, um, like I'll come over to the family party and I'm wearing like a ball gown and heels and my hair is up and like, I'll be that. super dressed out or whatever. And they'll just, they're like, oh, you know, they don't even, it's not, no one pays any mind. They're just like, oh, you know, that's, that's Frankie. Like that's Francis. Like they're always going to show up fabulous and in some sort of fashion get up. Um, but it took, it took, obviously there's like a learning process and it, there was some stuff that I definitely had to educate them on and some, um, education techniques that I had to learn also. Mm. Um, and there was a lot of boundary setting on both ends. Um, like there's obviously I'm not going to like, I don't know if I wanted to wear like a see-through dress with like a thong and like strappy boots or something, (laughs) they may not be super happy to see me in that. That's so what I'm wearing I'll now. Wear. I'm wearing that right now, actually. <laughs> We're matching. <laughs> matching. Um, but it's um they there's a they're really accepting. They're very I think they they see the value in in me living my life authentically. And I think that they it because it brings me so much joy, they can feel the like infection of joy that mm-hmm. I bring to them when they like it's like if you give me space, I'll give you all the space back kind of situation Mm -hmm. that's amazing yeah did you during this whole process Mm -hmm. did you ever encounter um a significant fear when it came to making these changes in your life Um, present you know when you wanted to present yourself in your in your most authentic self i definitely did because the the hardest thing that i think people don't 
uh, or might often have times trouble admitting is that I actually really valued my family's opinion of me. Mm. And, and as much as I wanted to be like, as much as I don't care, you know, I still do care. So I think the, the process of like coming to terms with it for myself was realizing that there had to be a, a place where I had to let go and say, okay, it, I'm, I, I need to make these changes for myself. I need to step up and like step out of my box and like become, um, and I have to be ready for them to not accept it. Yeah. You know, and, and, in, and I can't let myself be pulled back by the fear that they won't. I have to just say, well, if they don't, that sucks. Cause they're cool. But Hey, you know, if they're not cool enough, then, you know, I can't, there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. You know, this is my life. Yes. Um, I, and I, I agree. I, I would say, I, I guess my other question for, uh, you know, on the topic of fear, aside from mm-hmm. family, what in general scares you? That's a, I've been thinking about that question for a very, like, even before we, we got into contact, I was thinking about that for a long time. Cause I used to be so afraid of like intimacy and like love and things like that. But in recent times, I found that I'm not really afraid of anything anymore. Like, I think I'm almost like afraid of living like a placid life. That might Mm -hmm. be something that I'm afraid of is like, oh, what if I end up with like a nice house and a husband who loves me and kids? <laughs> like, like, and I'm like, oh, wait, I that sounds awful. That sounds terrible. <laughs> and that's what I, that's where I come to terms is that I'm like, oh, but that's not something to be, it's like, I'm afraid of having peace, but it's yeah. like, I, it's at the same time. It's not necessarily a fear. It's more of a, like I've transformed, transmuted it into like, a, oh, I'm now ambitious to go beyond this fear. Yeah, mm. you know. Like, well, you I, know, I love the fact that you're so so layered in your answer. When meanwhile, if you listen to our show, my answer would be I, the thing that scares me most is being a man who is attracted to wearing dad's ill-fitting jeans. Like, <laughs> like when I see men in ill-fitting jeans, I'm always like, it, I, I'll turn to my daughter and say, "If I ever wear jeans like that man right there, I want you to find a busy highway and you have my permission to just push me into the highway." <laughs> Like, that's my fear. Because then I'm like, I lost it. When I let go of the skinny jeans, mm-hmm. it's over for me. That's too funny. It's fear. <laughs> that's I fear. Mean, <laughs> that's a, but that's a good point, though. And that's, I think, a very valid fear. I, <laughs> I definitely... And it, that's even maybe the similar thing, is I don't want to end up being someone's, like... Like, I, it, there's a part of me that knows that I want to have kids one day and I would love to, to be the, the mom that everyone comes to their house and it's like, yeah, you know, like soccer team, whatever, van. Yeah. Um, but I know for myself that I'm like, but I would still be wearing, like, I might not be naked, but I would still be wearing something that the other moms would be like, like, Ex- yeah, like, oh, Frank yeah. is here. You like, <laughs> who cares? Who cares about those moms? Exactly. You know, <laughs> they're, they're just too uptight that they can't do it. Themselves. Yeah. And meanwhile, <laughs> whose house are they going to be at when their husbands right. get on their nerves? Whose mm-hmm. house are they going to? They're like, I'm going to Marty. I'll be at Frank's house. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. You know, how did you mm-hmm. get so wise? I have to ask. Um, how did you get so wise? I'm a. Are you like, how, are you like 90 it? years old inside? Yeah, how old are you? How old are you? Um, I'm 28. Um, oh, and in human years, I'm 28. 
God, you, my, you, you can be my kid. <laughs> I maybe I am. Maybe you never know. Maybe. Frank, do you have anything to tell us? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think like the wisest actually. I think it comes from like there's a something about my my life and just this is like a like one of those things that's like beyond the the horizon in the back of my brain. Like something I can't grasp is um, the way that. I connect information is it's like I just move like it's sort of like I understand them like oh blackberries um bananas and then like broccoli and then I go through and somehow those three things all combine into being like the letter b and then I move confidently with the letter b and recognize that the letter b is healthy for me if it starts with a b or something like that it's like my my brain just like puts like information together super rapidly and I just have learned to trust it you know Mm. I've at a very young age um and I think uh hopefully my parents won't listen to this but if they do sorry like growing up was tough (laughs) in the house that I was in so I had to rely on my own um optimism and ambition and self selfness to exist Mm mm-hmm and I think there's something, there just, like, was a point where I, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but I was, like, oh, I get it. Like, I was, like, these people are all people. Like, I'm the only person in the room that, like, sees what everyone's actually doing. Mm. And, like, the dot, the, the everything just clicked. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, oh, well, okay. Well, here, here's, here's my question. What... Mm-hmm. What heals you or makes you happy? And, you know, I think for our listeners, they want to know that it's, you know, a venti at Starbucks or it's a pair Mm -hmm. of new shoes from, you know, Balenciaga. Like, this is what we want to hear. Like, (laughs) does any of that stuff make you happy? It does, actually. Um, I get, I, cooking makes me really happy. Um, What do you make? Nourishing my body. What do you make? My favorite things to eat. I mean, well, I make a smoothie every day. Okay. Um, so the Magical. smoothie and the coffee combo every single morning is like heaven. Um, and then I'll make a lot of pasta. I make a lot of, like, I like to bake. So I'll make like cakes and cookies and I tried making brownies, but I can't, but my brownies never, never as good as the ones from the store. Um, <laughs> we are coming over when this border opens. <laughs> yes. Frank's is cooking for us. Yes. I was, oh, will. I thought it was next week. Nope. It's this week. <laughs> That used to be my favorite. That's the one thing that I missed was like when Corona started out. Corona. When COVID-19 became a <laughs> I thing. Love I, her. I, say I love her. I love her. all her albums. She's great. <laughs> but that literally Corona. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that, yeah. yeah she opened for Lady Gaga last month. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really miss like cooking for my friends. Cooking and like having people over. That's I think I get that from my dad. Um, but if I, I used to always tell my family, I'm like, my dream is to have a huge, like concrete block of a house, but to have it be full of all the people that I love That's and awesome. have there just be food on the table, drinks somewhere. Um, if there's no kids, maybe weed, I don't know. Like <laughs> if there's kids, we'll see, you know, cause I'm like, it's kids. Like you want to, there has to be some boundaries. So yeah. there, um, there might've been like, we maybe should have asked this in the beginning, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, what was your path that brought you from 
the Carolinas, which I would never take you for being someone from Carolina. I don't even know what a being from the Carolinas means. Listen to me. I don't even know. <laughs> but it's just kind of like when you meet someone like me and people say, I would never take you from being from Jersey. People usually say to me, oh, are you from Brooklyn? Are you from California? Like those are the two things. Mm-hmm. I so someone like you and everything that you've done and, you know, the creativity that you are engaged in, what, what was the decision ultimately? What was the path? Give us that kind of timeline of what brought you to New York. Well, um, I think it started, it started when I was in like middle school. Cause there was like, I think, what was it? In the movie Zoolander, I, um, cause the movie <laughs> came out when I was what, like nine, maybe 10, 13, 12, somewhere in there. And I remember there was a lot of it. numbers right there, Franks. You were like, <laughs> I know, nine, my 10, dates are really off. 17, 35. <laughs> like, literally, you were like, you know, Ooh, what, what is her name that does the lottery? Like, um, somebody Vega. Oh, Yolanda, Yolanda, Yolanda Vega. Vega. Yes, yes. That does the lottery. That's who you just did. You were like, 35, 27, 7. I was like, okay, we have a lot of ages there, Franks. <laughs> we have a lot of ages. But we're back. We're back. Um, but with, in watching Zoolander, the character that I identified with the most was actually Mugatu, um, Will Ferrell's like fashion designer, oh, like yes. chaos villain. Yes. Um, and I, it was like that character mixed with like Corella Deville from Dalmatians, and I was, I was like, I'm, I was like, maybe I shouldn't identify with the villains, but I was like, I'm definitely a villain. <laughs> in that, mm-hmm. if I'm gonna be a villain, then that's what I am. Um, so it started with like a love of fashion and at a young age I was drawing, making clothes. Um, and then I went to school in Richmond, Virginia, like university Mm. and being in a city and like being officially out of the suburbs, I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, this is what I love. And I just started to feel like I was, the city was just too small. And I was like, dang, I'm like, I have such a huge personality. Like I need to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. where I can explore all, like we said, the 32 flavors. I need to know what all 32 flavors taste like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, and so really that's what brought me to New York was the desire to, to you know, see what I was made of. Mm-hmm. Do you find, do you find, I mean, lots of times we talk to people on our show. Mm-hmm. Do you find that you, comp- you compromise who you are when you're dating? Do you find that changes? Because, you know, you're like me. You're a lot. <laughs> you're it. a lot. Like, this is why you're on the show. You're a lot. Like, Coco's a different a lot. But you and I are like, we're like, we are. The same the, kind of a lot. We are the Venties. We are the, the Trenties. Mm-hmm. Remember when Starbucks had yeah. the Trenties? We're the Trenties. Yeah, we're super extra. Like, <laughs> like you it. and I are so extra. We can have a band called Extra. Like, and so. Extra. So when you go out there and you date, like, what does that look like? I feel like I'm like an Amazonian woman, and I'm like taking men and like crushing them in my hands. That's wonderful. <laughs> like, I want that movie. Yeah. How do I see that movie? Exactly. <laughs> and I and I love the idea of dating, but I think um, every time I I think that there's like because I've tasted all the flavors, I think a lot of people at um, in my age bracket and like in their twenties maybe don't. Um, take the time to figure out all the flavors. They just mm-hmm. taste like the first 15 and they're like, oh, I'm good. Like until mm-hmm. I'm fi- like, I'll yep. figure out the rest as they come. Whereas I sort of was like kind of the opposite. And I was like, mm, I actually want to know all these flavors first. Mm-hmm. 
And so um, dating is always really interesting. It's always a lot of people, like I've yet to meet somebody that, that like matches the, the energy back. That doesn't hard. get like, that's gonna be hard. Taken aback. Yeah. That's hard. That's hard. You know, it is. you might find like someone who is on another, like, you know, time zone or, you know, mm-hmm. a kind of, you know, parallel universe who connects with you in a different way. But I think it's funny about the 32 flavors because I think as soon as you think you've tasted them all, you go back to the ice cream place and they've got more. They've got one yeah. that they just come out with, you know? They're like, like limited edition. And... Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is potato and broccoli. You're like, wow. <laughs> but but like, give me that... a scoop of that. <laughs> but doesn't that end up getting to the point where it's like, okay, you've you there's always going to be a new flavor. Mm-hmm. Are you always going to pursue that new flavor or are you are you going to decide you know what this one suits me just fine and i don't need to try anything more that's true um i think it depends like i think in certain spaces like if i i mean i don't have a job anymore so like career franks is like dead like Mm -hmm. i just let that person die i was like no i'm not i got laid off thank you god (laughs) like i'll go yeah Um, and so in that atmosphere there was like, okay, this is the personality that I have to stick to here, you mm-hmm. know, because this is just what works. This is how people will perceive me. But um, I think as a, I mean, I, my friend Vance was saying this to me the other day. Um, cause I, I, cause also I'm like culturally illiterate a lot of the time too. So I didn't, I don't know anything about David Bowie and he yelled at me and then he educated me. Oh, yeah, we, and we I was yell like, at you too. We yell yeah. at you too. Most people yeah. have, they're like, Frankie, what? And I'm like, I know, I know. But I guess David Bowie had said it about how um, you, as an artist, you kind of always have to transform. Yep. Um, so I've, I've, I've come to accept the, that there are certain flavors that are staples. Like there's going to be your vanilla and your chocolate and your strawberry and your, I guess in my case, there would be like gravy and like yeah mashed potato chips. chips yeah like that's there'd the be best, like that's the best flavor ice cream yeah <laughs> gravy mine is like mine is like i always tell people mine is like garlic and sardines because they're they're a quiet mm. taste. Yeah. taste i don't smell that way i can tell you that right now i'm showering as we speak like yes. the reality is <laughs> it's like a shower and a bidet all in once um, oh yeah water from so, both angles yeah right <laughs> right we're all about that we're a big bidet show we're we all are. about the bidet yeah i've never used a bidet oh, oh it's wonderful if you ever get an opportunity to do you it will, you will sit okay. down and never get up like you honestly. will love it and that and, will take care of everything and regular regular toilet experiences will just pale in comparison yeah because as of as of now i mean this is an adult show like my (laughs) life my life right now i use the short i use the shower like i would use the bidet like i literally oh am like i get every single time like it's ridiculous it's ridiculous how crazy i am about that because you never know you never know where you're going it's not ridiculous because it's like you want to you want to be clean yeah you want to make why is that ridiculous no it's not but some people like that filth they like that little like that extra that extra little scoop of dressing so totally off topic topic, but still along the same lines there was this show that was on recently um Mm -hmm. 
I can't remember the name of it, but it was about the start of the AIDS ap- epidemic in London, in England. Oh, and it has the guy from Years and Years in yes, it. Yes, yes. A- anyway, it's such a, if you haven't seen it, it's such a beautiful, uh, gut-wrenching little mini-series. It's just, it's mm-hmm. it's incredible. It was really well acted and just the whole thing was beautiful. But there was this one scene uh-huh. <laughs> where... Uh-huh. <laughs> With a bidet. Well, no, but he was on a, he was hooking up with someone and the guy was, you know, getting, getting ready to eat his ass. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you said it because normally you're like, pull the bandaid. Usually, yeah, usually she'll say something like, because she's afraid that she's offending someone listening. She'll be like, no, 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 let me finish. What do you usually say? You know, he was pulling down his pants and he was going to eat, you know what? You know what? Okay. W H A T. W H A T. He was getting. He was eating his ass. Nice. He, he had to stop because, and he told him, mm-hmm. "You need to go and clean." I know that's right. Yep. That brother has my vote. <laughs> I mean, well, the stuff ain't right. Listen, it's, it's like, like when you order food in a restaurant. If it doesn't taste good, you send it back. Child, I would be mortified. More you wouldn't. Mortified. That wouldn't be your problem because before mm. a date, you sit in yep. ammonia. She sits in ammonia and bleach in a bathtub for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that would be like. <laughs> That's like show extreme. up like skin exfoliating. Yeah, right. like, listen, I may be really torn raw up, but red, I smell like, good. Exactly. <laughs> but yes, so yeah. It's use a bidet if you can. <laughs> yeah, I love that little sidetrack. But this is why you're here because this is what we love. We love sidetracks. Yeah, know? I mean, same. My brain operates in this. I've, whew, I'm literally like having 10 conversations in 10 minutes about 10 different things with the same person. Well, I love this. Like, I love leave this. people's heads spinning. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know why. That's... I'm the same way. I sometimes mm-hmm. I, I wonder how a, an episode even becomes, an you know, an episode oh, yeah. because I feel like I'm incoherent <laughs> sometimes. But, but here's the, but here's the thing: we don't just turn on the microphones. We don't just start recording. You and I have these meetings. Like people don't yes, even realize, do. like we have meetings about our show. We have like an entire outline. Mm-hmm. We contact our guests. Like we make sure if we had a green room, there would be champagne in that green room. I guarantee you. I guarantee yes. you. Um, but Franks, I wanted to ask you, because in the beginning you talked a little bit about your art and what you do. Like you said, people Mm -hmm. say, oh, are you a musician? Oh, are you an artist? Oh, you are. But I don't, I'm not looking for you to define yourself, but Mm -hmm. tell me about your medium. Tell me what you do. Like, what is something that if I wanted to hear or see or touch or smell, what would it be? (laughs) Back to the day. um, (laughs) Hopefully not, um, poop splats. That's definitely not, I hope that that's not part of my brand, but um, (laughs) if I was going to say I would do anything, I would say that I create like worlds and space. So that involves um, like fashion design, it involves uh, music, it involves performances, it involves like environment uh, creation. So like, um, like programming and um like, I think if my, in my ideal world, if I had, like, a billion dollars mm-hmm. and was supported by, like, RCA Records or something and, like, had the support, um, it would be, like, a live show. Like, I think mm-hmm. a live concert venue would be the best place to show, like, all aspects of my artistry all at once. Because mm. um, it's really about the mixture of, like, 
fashion meets uh, music meets live performance meets dancing meets like environment and and like the creation of those environments so like allowing for people to feel safe enough to express themselves um because i like i remember there was a show in richmond that i played like years ago and there was like you know you talk to the crowd and you get to know the people before because it's a diy venue it's small and I remember, like, when I was on stage, one of the people that I talked to previously, this was, like, kind of, you know, run-of-the-mill, like, cis straight man who was there with his girlfriend. Um, halfway through the show, he was, like, glasses askew, sweaty, like, slamming his hands, like, on the stage, like, going nuts. And I was, like, this is exactly why I do... This is exactly my art medium. Yeah. It's, like, pulling people's... Like, like extending my own like authentic bubble and like pushing it out to like the edges of the space nice. or whatever the space That's may great. be. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, you, had Coke, can, you had a question? Go ahead. Well, I was going to, I was going to ask where can people see or follow the mm-hmm. spaces that you create? Um, I think, well, I'm, I'm not on Twitter because I have my, my thoughts are too rampant. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I can edit myself enough to say, no, Frankie, you don't belong here. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm right now, I'm, most of my stuff is on Instagram and YouTube. Okay. Um, so it's, it's, I guess if you want to, if you're listening now and you want to try to find me, it's my Instagram handle is fr underscore a underscore nx underscore x. Because wow. the, the Franks, the just without the underscores is taken oh. and the person doesn't even post. But yeah. that asshole. I know. I'm going to. But I also found out that Franks is also apparently there's an anime called Darling in the Franks, and I was like, hmm, <laughs> I was like, dang, <laughs> like I'm competing with the whole anime. Well, yeah. well, I think I think um, that you have definitely just sort of scratched the surface today and just let people know about you at mm-hmm. some certain you know capacity. I mean, we can't. I mean, I can tell there's so yeah. much more. I mean, we're diving into an ocean right now, right? You um, are, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, I would love to have you back. We both would love to have you back in future episodes um, talking about other things and want to touch base with you and see what's going on. And if you ever have anything to promote, certainly live shows or anything that you want to share with our audience, we'd love to have you back. But I appreciate all the time you took with us today. And I've, I've learned a lot. I think I'm a better person. What about you, Coco? I am. I am absolutely. It was a pleasure chatting with you and and learning what you what you what you do. Oh, you guys are both so sweet. I really I really appreciate the the gratitude and the time. You know, I think it's a mutual appreciation thing. I'll gladly I'm always my brain is like so I'm like wired, so I'm always working on stuff. And I'll gladly come back to you guys and be like, "Hey, this is beautiful. Please let's talk about it." Please, yes, absolutely. You know, and and if there's ever anything you want to share with us, certainly send us messages. You know, you have you have my number, you have Coco's number. You can certainly just shoot us a text, and there's something that we want to put together. We can collaborate. But I want you to have a fantastic day, and I appreciate you calling in the show. And thank you for joining us on later this week. You're you're officially you're officially in the later this week family. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Happy to be a part of it. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 
I wish I could show you the view I'm seeing right now. There's legit snow. Because you're in, um, you're somewhere between Ontario and Toronto. Ontario and Uzbekistan or something. Yes. Yes. It was weird. Speaking of Canada, I was talking to a client the other day and he was like, oh, my professor, he's in England. He's like, my professor is from Brampton, Ontario. And I'm like, that's weird. My cousin is from Brampton. Weird. It's weird. Like, that's specific. Yeah. You know? That is. I used to live in Brampton. Did you really? Or Bramalee. No, you lived in Bramalee. I feel like Brampton was somewhere in my life as well. Brampton was more um, Indian. Bramalee was more Middle Eastern. No, Bramalee was also known as Bramladesh. You racist. It's horrible. That you you are so I'm just saying what it like there was a lot large uh, Bangladesh and Indian community (sighs) there. Damn you. Now I feel like I want some naan. (laughs) I love naan. (laughs) Naan is good. You know, sometimes in a pinch, if you want to make like pizza without having to like make your own dough use some non damn when is your book coming out when is your book coming out soon soon in july i love your food july (laughs) i mean i would love for you to just have a test kitchen and i just come and taste all the food let's do it i'd be like this is delicious this sucks one thing i'd never say is too much garlic i never say that no i read something i remember uh, it was a meme saying um Something about like when a recipe calls for 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 one garlic clove. Like, what kind of recipe calls for one clove of garlic? That is some waspy shit, right? Like wasps if it, are like, it's if too I strong, it gives me indigestion. If I see that, it's that's an automatic tripling of the garlic at oh, least. Oh. I don't ever look at I, when I look at a recipe no. and they're like, oh, I just if it says gar- if it says garlic, I know how much to put in. Yep. <laughs> Uh, So I hope you all enjoyed the guest we had on. Yes. It's so, it's always um, enlightening and just eye opening when you hear about people's, how they overcame their fear, regardless of what it, what it is, whether it's uh, their career, uh, anything. um, And the steps that they took to pursue their dream. Because really, like when you if if there's something that you love or you're thinking about and you just you you want to do desperately, that first step is always the most difficult, but it becomes the most rewarding thing for you. And it just makes me wonder why pursue that? Why? Why do they not fight that fear? I don't know. And it's something that I've struggled with. And you and I have had this conversation about about my photography and why am I so afraid to succeed? Yeah. Really? What, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And I've mentioned that and, and it's just, it's, it's such a silly thing to be afraid of. Yeah. I, um, I posted the other day because I was doing um, Akilah's podcast and I was doing a little, like I was in, I was inspired. And I posted on Instagram, which, you know, she and I discussed on and off the show. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things I posted on my personal Instagram was a list of things that 
you know, kind of are identifying fear and being fearless. And one of the things I said was be honest when talking about fear. If you are afraid of something, identify it. Being lazy is not a real thing. Call yourself no. out on your excuses. Start saying yes, even when the solution seems not to be available yet. Eventually, fear gets the hint and moves to another state. They will come back some days and visit, but you can always decide how long they will stay. And, and that, was, that was a big thing, that one thing that you just read where it says start saying yes, even if the solution, what was it, even if the solution isn't there? Yeah, even, even if the solution is not available yet. That is... That was like what, almost like an aha moment mm -hmm. or maybe, maybe, but just, you know, a light clicked. It's like, start saying yes. Yeah. Just because Akila and I spoke a lot about on and off, like I said, on and off the show, we talked about fear. We talked about making decisions. And when I look at my life, a lot of the things that I did didn't bring me to where I expected to be, but they brought me to some places that were better. And, yeah. and I have to tell you when you want to do something like, let's use the example of photography, right? You don't really know where you belong in photography until you do it until yeah. you're actively doing it because you think, you know, where you want to be in photography right now, but it's not until you do it. I was working with someone years ago who actually, um, wanted to be a musician and mm. started to pursue music and really went out there and did it like did it right studio musician and got deeper and deeper into the industry and about after three years realized wow I thought I wanted to be recording records and be on stage but I actually really enjoy being like a touring manager and they were like, I get an opportunity to go on tour with these bands. And they're like, and there's a rare occasion where sometimes I get to play drums. Like, so you don't know, like we don't until know who you, we are. Exactly. Until you, you take that step and, and dip your toes into that environment, whatever environment it is. Yep. And, and, you know? and the other thing that I was, I said was, um, I have papers in front of me, I swear. Care about, um, <laughs> fearless is, um. You care about people, what people think, but don't care about what everyone thinks. Mm. You, you know, who cares about you, but they are not the same people who understand you. And that's such a big thing because we, we, you know, again, I've, I've struggled with that where I, the people who were insignificant in my life affect how, what I did yeah, or how I felt. Yeah. Yep. yep. And meanwhile, the people who matter who are telling me what's what yeah those are the people that you're supposed yeah. to be listening to yeah and, and trusting. also and we listen to those people because sometimes those people are telling you not to do something and it's usually mm. easier not to do something so we yeah. listen to those people and of the course. other thing is the other thing is like taking generational advice like for instance parents are not always the best support systems they see no. parents tend to seek stability and insurance over happiness and risk of seek course. out Seek out mentors and leaders you can follow into the light. You will always find someone who gets you. Yeah. Always. And and this is like, you know, for me, I woke up and was just inspired when I wrote all this because I knew it was going to be on Akilah's show. We had talked about fear. We were beating it with a stick. And, you know, there's so much more that I can be fearless with. But I feel like pretty much we've got to take those hints. We've got to take those just doing little things, especially as creative people, it is our responsibility to constantly change, constantly find things that 
are new for us. Hey, it's Wednesday morning. I'm not working. I'm going to go to a museum. Why? Just going to go to a museum. Yeah. Why? You know, um, there's going to come a time in our lives where we're going to, re- we're going to regret not taking the time to do the things that we should have done. Yeah. And, and I don't want to be there. Yeah. That's something that I'm trying to, you know, tell myself that when I have a thought about whatever it is that w- whether it's, you know, a mundane chore or something that is a little bit more, you know, fun or rewarding or creative or whatever it is. But as soon as I have that thought, to not have any hesitation and just do yeah. it. Yeah. Just do it. Because there's not, what's, what, what you have to ask yourself, what's the fear in it? Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Because here's my thing, no matter what you do, even if it's just going to the supermarket, you yeah. always learn something. There's always something that you get from the experience. Even if it's just getting you out of the house for 20 minutes, it, there's exactly. something to gain from it. And exactly. I have been saying yes for a long time. And this is why I have been impregnated several times. We, we heard in our, in, in a previous segment that you might be the father of another child. Yeah. And especially because I'm wearing these sheer dresses with a thong and heels. Wasn't that the outfit? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, when that came out of nowhere, I was like, wow, you really planned this outfit. Yes. You know, <laughs> it's rough. It's rough, but you know, Frank's is young. That, that ass, that ass is fresh. (laughs) Hope they'll be able to experience the, the the wonders of the bidet. I mean, (laughs) you and I like right now at our age, wearing a sheer dress with a thong. Ooh, child. Nope. I'm wearing burlap sacks. Right. Yeah. With a little embroidery in the front just to make it stylish. (laughs) Lord have mercy. Yeah. But fear is, you know, fear is a tricky thing. And I think what we do is when we think about fear is we say, I'm not afraid because it's almost like there's a shame in being afraid of something. Mm. So, and that's why I don't believe in the lazy thing. I've never have. Like when people are like, I'm lazy. I'm like, think about that. You really want to do this thing. Why aren't you doing it? Mm. Just do it. Like, yeah. and if it doesn't work out the way you expect it, who cares? Try, yeah. try something else. I know in my life, I'm just thinking about some of the things that I've done that I would say was, you know, an example of overcoming some form of fear or doing or or making this big change in my life. Um, One of them was when I moved to to New York City um, with my best friend at the time, you know, just like to me, I thought that was that, that idea would never have occurred to me but it was it was because of someone else's kind of motivation as well and which is which is a huge thing um to be able to after university move into the city like it was just that was the that was the plan and Mm -hmm. we found an apartment and and we did that and then even before that when my sister and i we we decided to go completely across the country to a university to study art i mean granted it didn't pan out very well but (laughs) but that that was that was overcoming a big fear sure but now it's we talk about the little things yeah you know and especially as we get older as creative people um Mm -hmm. and the other thing that i wrote was do things in your life that outweigh the fear of doing them Mm. when we are really passionate about something we do it we forget insecurity 
interview yourself. Do you really want this? It might be time to find something that is really intended for you. It's okay to reinvent yourself at any age. Absolutely. And I, and you know, and I often did that. Like, you know, I talk a lot about comedy and, you know, I'm not done with comedy, but I certainly am doing a lot less comedy now than I used to. And it's because Mm -hmm. comedy gave me by choice, the stepping stone that I wanted. I didn't think comedy was ever going to give me my own TV show. I never thought comedy was going to be like, turn into something like miraculous. I just was like, this is a real, like I'm getting an education right now. Mm. And it gave me, it really did give me the balls. I had no balls before comedy. Like I got balls during comedy. I really nice. did. Nice. Yeah. I got nice shapely balls after. Are they, are they shorn? <sighs> Have we met? Do we not have like our discussions through text message about shaving privates? Like, honestly. Yes. Yes. You know, usually it's with me. It's never you sharing those stories. It's always me sharing those stories. And there's always visuals involved. Oh, as yeah. Well. Of other people, usually, you know, because I don't share my own dick pics. I just share other people's. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, so, I, yeah, so that I, was... I think that that was a great episode to explore and you know i think we're gonna have more like this and i hope you know these episodes are intended to inspire people listening and i hope people get something from it i'm sure they will and they better yeah and if they if they don't then they've learned about wearing bidets uh, bidets yes and sheer dresses you can you can actually order a, a an attachment to to put onto your existing toilet to create a bidet. My sister does that. She's an avid bidet user. That's another show. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us. And remember, be fearless. Do what you need to do for yourself. You know what it is. Stop making excuses. Exactly. Take that step. You'll, you'll thank yourself. Bye. We love you.